Form the avocado. Form, form the avocado. Form the avocado. Form, form the avocado. Peel the avocado. Peel the avocado. Peel the avocado. Peel, peel the avocado. Guacamole. 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 Yeah, that's it. What are you singing? It's this crazy song that we uh, stumbled upon on YouTube. Crazy story about this. We um, we got caught somehow pocket dialing a pretty big client of ours, and uh, you were and singing I was this? singing this song on the job and site. I, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and he was like, "What's going on?" And he actually recorded it back, like recorded this me singing this, and then he played it to us, and we just. They all died laughing. It ended up being a really funny thing, but uh, oh, so I that, was so embarrassed. That, that was Mike Belly from Belly Renovation singing singing Peel the Avocado. Yeah, it's a, it's Peel the Banana, <laughs> but there's a it's it's crazy. There's what peel, are they doing? They're making guacamole. No, there's a whole song about um, you know peeling uh, peeling mangoes, bananas. This has got to be, be a kid thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's a kid. It's totally a kid thing. It's okay. Shucking the corn. So you're a grown man on a construction site singing this. Yeah, it was in my head for over a month. <laughs> now it's going to be in everybody's head. I hope so. Everybody look it up. <laughs> but uh, it, I, I hope that you don't get caught out like I did. All right, Mike, thank you very much for being on the show. And to the left of me, I've got Jessica, but she might be quiet during the show. We're not exactly sure if she's going to join in. She's mute sometimes. She's mute right now? She has a mute button, but... <laughs> Hello. There we go. She's in. That's it. That's it. That's a ticket. You're in. That's all it is, man. I want to start off the show right off the bat by asking you guys a little bit of construction trivial. What's a lean construction? A lean construction? Not not in the legal sense. What's a lean construction? What's the term lean construction? Uh-oh. I wasn't ready for this question. Something that uh, doesn't have a lot of meat on it. Uh, takes Kind uh, of. It, uh, it's really cheap. It's a cheap job. Kind of. Poorly built. Thoughts, Jessica? It feels like... The way that my work refers to lean management, where you're trimming the fat and just keeping the necessary stuff. Kind of like it's a newly developed delivery system in which a study is conducted to minimize the waste of material, time, and effort resulting in an efficient project. Oh, wow. That's lean construction. Okay, I just want to share that. <laughs> Not to be confused with the construction lean. The construction yeah. lean for all those lovely clients that let us do that. That's yeah, all. That's, what, that's exactly where my head went. <laughs> <laughs> As all of us. Okay, so right off the bat, Mike, at Belly Renovations yeah. on IG. Yeah, Belly, B-E-L-L-E-Y. It's not it. like your tummy. It's a, it's a name. There's a name. And then it's also bellyrenovations.com. Yep. What exactly do you do? What do we do? We... Uh, Right now, we actually we've converted our business into specializing into into luxury bath. We've pretty much did our rounds of, of every part of renovations. Where's the line? Where's the line drawn when you go from regular bath to luxury bath? I would say it's the um, it's the process and and the relationship that we build with our client. I think that that's the line. Anybody can just put in nice materials. Anybody can you know, have the best, like not the, not the best trades, not everybody can have that, but you know what I mean? Um, those things are out there, but luxury bath for us means you're getting the full experience. You're getting the design elements. You're getting, uh, the focus you're getting, you're making sure that everything is, is, um, accounted for and nothing's overlooked. 
I've always said that the bathroom is the most difficult room to renovate and the most functional room to operate for the tightest space next yeah. to the kitchen. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I, the, the kitchen and the bathroom, I mean, there's companies... But the that kitchen, do. you've got so much space to operate everything that you need to operate in there. Bathroom, you have such limited space. With the kitchen, I look at it like there's so much functionality and... And when it comes down to it, like, you know, you can have these cabinets that are designated for pantry, like dry storage, your plates and, and your other cupboards and everything. And if something does get missed, it might get overlooked. Like it's not that big of a deal because I have all this function in other aspects. But with the bathroom, you're looking at major issues. Like you have a four to five, five pieces is, is your maximum. And I, I mean, you can have this crazy bathroom that you know what i mean but uh, but that's easy i like i i i understand those bathrooms because those are really easy 20 foot by 20 foot bathroom with oh, a yeah. massive tub and a massive shower and like a 20 foot long vanity i get that that's easier to design it's harder to design a 8 by 8 space with those three key areas in a bathroom yeah definitely and when we look at we look at that difficulty thing it's uh, really comes down to if something does get overlooked and if something like even just like the fixture color, like maybe the gold color that isn't the gold that they were expecting or the the tightness of the handles or just the quality that they might not have have expected, it really shows because there isn't as many things to look at in, in, a, in a bathroom suite. Everything's so specific. What do you think, Jess, about uh, what I, what do you think is the I think that it, if it wasn't for what my definition was of what the line is drawn i would say that jess is the is the line from regular bathroom to luxury bathroom because she's what elevates us and uh, and i don't just say that with love i say that with uh, <laughs> i say that and, with and you're with, tuning into the couples therapy podcast right now <laughs> for the construction life hey i'm a i'm a fun and loving guy <laughs> what do you think jess i feel like for me what uh, defines luxury is having each piece be meaningful you know okay. it's meaningful work meaningful pieces and everything being intentional i will say this that everything i've ever learned about creating a proper and much better bathroom space has been learned from paying attention to women using a bathroom we yeah, just I... want more pockets women are very specific about how a bathroom should be and it's not about over asking it's really about this is what works for them so when they want to create a vanity space they know specifically how they want to create it when they want to create a shower space they know specifically so and, i just pay attention and, and one thing if you just go to the vanity uh not only like how they want the vanity to be but where they want the vanity yes. it needs to be in front of a natural light window yeah not to say that like uh, they want two lights though not, in all fairness they yeah. want the artificial light at a certain height at a certain point and they want the natural daylight. Yeah, and I don't think it's to say that just women want that. Like I would say that I'm I'm somebody who But uh, if you solve the woman problem, then you actually automatically just solve the man problem. Uh I <laughs> I'm a, quite a bit of a feminist, so I'm <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I don't know. I have I have my reasons too to to So there's to certain to, things like yeah, like there's uh, nothing that you get to choose. 
<laughs> there's nothing that I get to choose, but yeah, I agree. Like the thing, but that your I, workstation though, your, your vanity is always next to her vanity. Of course. But it's usually a mirror copy of her vanity. So yeah, anything that she has an issue with, I'll have an issue with as well. And then that will be solved. You'll have more storage space than her. I think what you're trying to say is that women think more than men. When it comes to bathrooms, women are particular about, do they stand or sit to put makeup? Where do they get ready outside of the shower? What are the things that they do in the shower to get ready? It depends on how quickly or what's the event or what's going. There's so many things. I I think I agree with that as well. I mean, even in a vanity that we recently designed, the size of the drawers and the height of the drawers you know, I want to draw for bobby pins and toothbrushes. And then the drawer underneath that is going to be six inch items. And the drawer underneath that is going to be X amount. So everything has a place the way that I plan a bathroom and the way that I think that we try and plan renovations as a whole. Everything has a place and has an intention. Yeah, I think that uh, the way that you design, you look at what's going in that space and how do you, where do you put that item? Like when it comes down to... You're, you're talking about the toothbrushes or you're talking about those six inch items. You're talking about the tall items after that. They're going in the specific drawers. But she's thinking about the, the items first and where do they go and how do we design around the items? Yeah. Not to say that you're only going to be sticking to one brand for your whole life or one size of a bottle for your, the rest of your life. But the thing is, like, go for what you have right now. Make sure that you're going to be able to put that item away properly and organized and then and and design off that you don't make the items fit in the drawers you make the drawers to fit the items you have to but then you got to cater to man woman or man man woman woman, whatever you got to figure out what they want right that's true and when we've done kitchens in the past or other spaces with storage i'll have the client write a list of everything that they plan to store in that room both sides not just the woman the man and the woman and design the pieces around that do they open up in most cases it's just very general so some people like to store their cleaning things in the kitchen their vacuums that sort of stuff bathrooms are a lot more personal i think yeah so that's what i'm trying to figure out how do open... they open up about what uh, well, what exactly like I not mean, only do they clean themselves with but I, I, what they no like what i need a drawer for this i need a drawer for that like i just i oh. don't know like i i've seen some women have two thousand products that need to fit in the shower somewhere mm-hmm. and i don't get it but we have to try to make it work and the same thing with makeup and other uh, products like how do we make them all fit so do they open up do they really tell you the list the true list or they, they ask you can you make that twice as big i don't need to tell you what the rest of the list is i don't think that we've gotten anything r- like ridiculous i feel like i usually you don't need ask- to whisper huh? <laughs> uh, that was just like the <laughs> sliding in I usually ask for the largest items, the smallest items, and how many of them. So when you're designing somebody's closet, how many shoes do you have? How much makeup do you have? And how many drawers will you need for that? And I think that just perhaps being a woman, I know roughly how much space things will take up. And I know that that's a little bit more difficult for some people to wrap their head around, um, especially non-makeup wearers or people that don't care about their shoes. In all fairness, though, men are applying a lot more moisturizers and all kinds of stuff going on in their faces these days. That's true. And they do have more pairs of shoes these days, too. And I think now, especially with closets, actually, I've noticed more than bathrooms, but men are more specific with how they want their closet to look like, especially professional men. They want them highlighted, like they want to see 
Yes. As if they're walking into a department store kind of. Correct. I want it to look like what I saw at the store. Yes. So why is that? Why do, is that more men or women? That's more men. They want to see things on display. Whereas I feel like women want to have things put away and neat. That's I think women want more things organized. Yes. Men just want to show it off. Maybe, but maybe they have trouble putting together their outfits. I don't know. It's like easier to pick your suit and your That's shirt. That's actually a good point. I never thought about that. If you've got all of your Everything's already all up. laid out, yeah. then you can just go, okay, I'll wear that with that with that. I'm good to go. And that's what the concierge hook is for, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm enjoying this. I'm trying to figure out. So that's what you guys do. You guys talk to the clients a lot more. You figure out the clients or what they really want. It's really hard to just like, without going through the process, it's really hard for us to define what that experience is like. But that's what I think separates when we, when I say luxury versus, you know, high end. Maybe it's not the, the greatest word for it. We're, we're still finding our way of how to define what we do. But yeah, I think like what we offer is this more personable. We really do, like you talk about it all the time. Like we're going to be almost in bed with you guys for the yeah. next however this long is how this, it is we have to yeah. get along if you guys are gonna fight you, you know break out right now show how show how hard you hit <laughs> right now right as we meet because you're gonna show us eventually we don't look at the we're not particularly looking at the like of how the the couple like act towards each other but um, but you need but to more, see their dynamic yeah you we need, need to, to see who you are and yeah. how are you going to live your life and how are we going to make your mornings easier and your evenings easier how is uh How's your life going to be affected after we leave? And, and, uh, and, you know, we want you to rave about, about everything that we've done for you. I think also one really important thing for us to notice on the first visits is to see if the couple is on the same page. And Which they never are. They never are. And the uh, biggest problems that we have in renovations are when people can't agree. And when they're not on the same page, they had different expectations. So how do you guys handle that? Because that's a big problem of mine. You cannot build two houses on one lot. And you can only build one master bedroom. You can only build one master bath. You can only build one kitchen. You can build a man cave or whatever, so to speak. They have to be on the same page. Otherwise, it makes your job that much more difficult. Yeah, and it is really difficult to navigate, especially because you don't want to get too involved in making decisions for the client, because then that's when you really have troubles if you're taking sides. The, for us, it's it's important for, to make sure that they're communicating and to just try and find out as much information as possible from both parties. I think that listening is really important, especially on the first few visits, just to make sure that they're giving you what they want and you're not influencing their decisions or, or what their wants are. Because I might have my preference, but I don't want to project that onto a client. I've never done that. If, like I know that some guys and girls do that in the industry where they've always wanted to try to convince a client to build something that they haven't built yet. So then they could have it on their portfolio. I've never thought to do that because I've always been in the mindset where it's like, it's not my house, man. You can ask me the colors you want. You can ask me all kinds. I'll give you options and everything. I'll give you all kinds of storage options, but I'm not the one that's going to be using this. I'm, you guys are. So it has to work for you. Totally. But I, I know a lot of contractors, a lot of designers out there, they try to do the portfolio renovation which I really don't don't like, right? So you guys are more about listening to them and figuring out what they... How do you handle that client that is two of two different minds here? They want to do something different. Yeah, there's 
a balance and there's also a balance with what our standard would have to be as well. While the client might not want to spend X amount of dollars on waterproofing, it's something that's non-negotiable for us as well. I don't think there's a simple answer to say this is how you make people agree, but just generally trying to listen and sometimes rewording what one person is saying to make it easier for the other person to understand can help. But it's really just comes down to how much they want to listen to each other. Is, is the myth about she has the final say still alive? Absolutely not. Um, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. I will, like, I can, <laughs> I, when I say absolutely, I'm, I'm defining that with examples in my mind right now. <laughs> but Jessica, you're, you're agreeing with that too. Yeah, I agree with that. It really just depends on the relationship dynamic. I think that a lot of people look at the she has the final say uh, because generally men aren't so particular they have things that they they like and they have things that they don't like but they don't really l- dig into uh defining what those are they're too preoccupied with they won't hold BS. on to it yeah they well, not that they won't hold on to it like there are a lot of men that still hold on to certain things and um it just really depends on the type of person like everybody's different and i know that it's it i mean it's so tw- 2021 to say that you know, not all men are just men and not all women are just women. I think it is really true. And it's just the more clients that we have, the more we see that. And um, it's really, you know, not only is it broadening how we um, how we react to meeting new clients, but also just anticipating on cues, on certain cues that some people are, you might not have noticed with, with the last client, like, you know, the, the wife really wanted you know, this fixture might have been out of the budget and the man or her partner or whatever it is uh, might have said, you know, we're not going to have this. Absolutely not. And it kind of like ruins the whole thing for the, for the, like the whole idea and the whole vision that that partner, that particular ha- partner had. I think if you work on what the vision is before you start the execution, you have a lot less issues with people not being on the same page because it's like, who has the final say, you really shouldn't be putting your clients in a situation where you're forcing them to make a final say decision on something they won't be happy with, like on the spot, you know, paint color, even things like paint color, we have agreed before we start a project. And they've discussed and they've spoken about their trim color, their fixtures, even the exact tiles that they want. So it's not a position that we ever want to put somebody in to say, you need to make this decision right now. And I know that's easy to say because a bathroom is a smaller space than a whole house. I think organization is key at the beginning. But when you guys meet clients, don't you size them up and figure out, okay, well, who is the decision maker here? There's always going to be one that's going to kind of skew towards the decision making. I get that they're working together and you guys are presenting something, but I've always found that there's always a decision maker. There's usually a decision maker. There's usually a decision maker, but I also find that some couples or clients, whoever, they're really set on making this first impression. And it's really difficult to to read who they really are. You really got to ignore that, that first impression. Yeah. Because every time that somebody makes a first impression on somebody, there are people who... The most important thing is how I shake your hand. Yep. I might not be this like dominant male in the room and everything like that, but I was always taught, you know, have a firm handshake. But I don't even think about that. 
I've led on to some people in the past. I've had, I have some funny stories to be honest about that. I just have a, a firm handshake. I, I used to actually, and I've kind of realized that that's a habit that I do on a first impression. And it's kind of hurt in the past because it's not who I am to come in and be like, I'm in charge here, even though that's what that symbolizes. When you come into a client and this person really like this one part of one partner of the couple or whoever it is, they really want to make this impression that they really want what they want, but they might not be the decision maker, but they really want something. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be making the final decisions, whether it's budget, whether they're the breadwinner, but they might still be very passionate about what they want. But how do you read that? If somebody, if you come into a room and somebody's like, I really, really want this and I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to get this. But then you end up at the end of the project, they didn't get what they wanted. How do you, how do you anticipate that? It's really difficult. And you really start to learn these people, like who these people are. And then you're gone. It's a difficult process. And it's really just to sum that all up. It's just, you can't really read somebody at the beginning. You can't even read them in the middle and you can't it's even read them at the end. It's an ever evolving thing. Yeah, it's it's because I mean, there's such emotions in renovations that you're bringing in people in, and all of a sudden, the money, the designs, the ideas, and then you're you're dealing with emotions, like some serious emotions. This is my house. This is, and then it's a question of, okay, is this my house for the next five years? This is my house for the next ten years, or is this my forever home? And then yeah. you got to kind of gauge that and figure out what, how are they going to react to that? It's interesting. I got to tell everybody that we're we're actually in your home, right? Can I say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're in your home. It's under construction, as it should be, shoemakers. Yeah. This is the construction <laughs> life. <laughs> so you, you guys have taken a house that's pretty typical. I saw the drawings, and then I saw what you guys are planning on doing, and it's dramatic what you guys are planning on doing. No walls, lots of steel, and lots of framing, and all kinds of stuff. So it's really cool. So you guys are living and breathing this as it goes on, and then you're taking this knowledge and you can give it up to clients because you guys are practice what you preach. Yeah, exactly. It's it's been a really fun process. Not in the the aspect of the building really, but it's the uh the interpersonal relationship between Jess and I. Uh she has, you know, she's very passionate about design. Oh, so hang on a sec. Who's got the final decision? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, no, so everyone I mean, knows no. that it's Jessica now. Okay. No. no. <laughs> she she how do you describe this? I think that she's she does have the final decision, but she is so totally fair when it comes down to things that I find are reasonable. I find that I really want. It's a really good good dynamic we have here. She really understands design and and all of the elements that go in things and aesthetics and and practicality and everything like that. And then I bring in the design or sorry, not the design, the uh, the building perspectives. And I can, I can scratch things off and say, you know what, like the toilet's not going to work here because distance from the stack or joist direction or so take that off right away. And she understands that and she really understands how valuable the build itself is. And then she can work off that. But when it comes down to the final say, I think that we both get it because we both influence each other's. It's you guys are working together. I think also I trust Mike to make the decisions on the build itself. I feel like people should trust their contractor and their opinions. You've hired this person for their opinions. So when it comes down to these kind of non-negotiable, you can't have your toilet there or whatever it might be, that's Mike's final decision. 
And my final decision is we've spoken about a $30,000 budget for the bathroom. I'll choose things within that. And like, usually it's going to be my style. And if you have any major objections, I'll hear them. But when it comes to design, we're kind of on the same page. I love everything that she does. And I, I would, I would, uh, I would love to meet somebody that says like, ew, that's gross. I don't like, I don't like that. No, nobody's ever come across that yet. No, I definitely. Well, there are lots of people. There's that a lot don't of people like that that um, that it might not be their style, but it's never like, hey, that that room isn't co- cohesive at all. Like, no, she, she, I think she hits the nail on the head with that. Okay, so let, let's get into that bathroom. I want to get into the bathroom, talking about some specifics. I, I like I know that some clients have asked for the minimum amount of space around toilets, which bugs the hell out of me. And I always tell them that there, there's a minimum that I play with and, and I try to get at least three feet. So 18 inch off center, but they'll try to fight you for 30 inches, 15 inch off center. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the night, you go into the bathroom and you're hitting elbow, elbow, funny bone, funny bone. And then that's the reason why. And then you got other people like, no, we can get away with a 24 inch vanity. And I don't think you can get away with a 24 inch. So are there a list guys of things that you kind of tell the clients that we have to, it's a master bath. Let's talk about a master bath here. For a master bath, most people have the space to be reasonable. If you don't have the space to be reasonable, that's when we're okay to do sort of a 32-inch spacing on a toilet. Definitely 18 on each side is the preference. But I don't know anybody that's asked for a 24-inch vanity in a must. They've asked. Oh, yeah. Trust me, they've asked. People but, ask. I'm sure you can use it. It's like, can you just put dense shield on my walls am i allowed to say that yeah you can for sure no i can't what's that's, dense shield that's not what's going on your walls waterproofing is a non-negotiable for us you know you have to have correct waterproofing otherwise i'm not doing this project for you so you've had a client come up to you and go just put dense shield just i want the cheapest stuff behind the walls but give me the most expensive tile in front of it mm. then you educate them and tell them that the tile is not the waterproofing i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot of clients don't know that they think I that know. the tile is a waterproofing. And yeah, well, a lot of a lot of people that aren't in building don't know very much about building. Just like I don't know very much about fintech or uh, what's fintech? Financial technology. Oh, or accounting. <laughs> Je- I, well, sorry, Jess knows. No, Jess knows accounting, so that's about it. Um, Your job to educate a client, and if they don't want to hear you, it might not be the right match for you. You can only do what you can do. But I mean, back to the Dent Shield. Dent Shield's on the market. It's on the shelf. People use it here in Ontario, or specifically Toronto. People still scratch coat. Just because it's an option for you, and it may be recommended by somebody doesn't mean that's something you need to be true to what's important in general. You can't let other people set guidelines for you. We don't do that in our, our lives whatsoever. We especially will not do that in uh, construction in, our, in something that we, we have full control over. I feel like we're at a point where we have full control over uh, how we build. There was obviously times back in the day you had to get the job and you had to do what, you know, what was within that client's budget but we also used to listen to music on a-tracks we no, don't, no. We don't do that oh never mind you guys are you're much younger than me man <laughs> we, what's an a-track that's a good one what's an a-track <laughs> um okay but a, a sheet of den shield is what like 15 bucks i'm gonna guess no yeah. no it's they're not been they're a while expensive since we bought it. no they're, no green board right now is uh 20 like bucks 20 bucks den shield is i think it's Maybe uh, 35 to 45 no way 
I think so. Are you telling me the truth? So I, my argument is that all of a sudden, if you go into a proper waterproofing material, you're paying twice, maybe two and a half times more for that, but it's a proper waterproof material. Yeah. But you guys just put it in your line items. You guys just... Yeah, it doesn't even matter. That's like, it. Yeah, like if you, want us, if you want us to do the job, like we have a set price for the bathrooms and that's just accounted for in, in our set price. Dense Shield is $20 a sheet. For a three by five sheet. Oh, but three. Yeah, by, yeah I'm thinking three by. I'm, I'm. I was thinking at four by. But eight. a four by eight moisture green board is twenty one or twenty two right now. Mm-hmm. You're right? looking at a difference of what fifteen square feet. To well, that's what I mean. Is like the line item 32. at that point. So why, double. Why argue it? That's it. Like you guys are just putting it into the budget, and this is what it costs. We don't even talk about it. That's just how. But we you've do had it. clients before saying, "I want the cheapest material." Before. Yeah, there's been clients. I remember when we first started doing bathrooms. We had a repair job for a, a tub shower combo that was leaking or something like that. And they wanted to do it as cheap as possible. I knew that they didn't have the money to do a renovation. Each client is different. Not everybody is doing a renovation by choice. Some people are doing it because their roof leaked and they had to, and they really couldn't afford it, but they just have to get it done. And in that case, I think that was the last time we used Shield, but it... Like, it didn't feel right for us. And I don't think that that's something that we would do again, just because I, in that moment, I realized you've had this problem, and am I potentially giving you this problem again? It probably didn't feel right because of uh, the fiberglass uh, slivers from Ben Shield oh, yeah. uh, not wearing I did gloves. A, I did a post way back in the day. I remember... Uh, I, when I cut the den shield, put a flashlight to it and just looked at all the glass, the fiberglass fibers coming up and it's just amazing. And it's just like, I didn't even think you, to do that. If you like, yeah, you have it in the dark and you just cast flashlight up against the, the, you, it looks like hairs, like just like, well, like fiberglass, thousands mm-hmm. of little glass I've, hairs. I've done that with a cheap tub before. Cause I was completely against this tub that was being purchased by the client. And for whatever reason, I had to get underneath to do the final connection for the drain, the overflow. And I had a light underneath there. And all of a sudden, I left the light as I finished the job. And I went back. And I literally, clearly saw the diameter of the light through the acrylic. And then I just got closer and closer. And I started realizing there was one little spot here that was very, very thin on the acrylic. And then guess what happened about two months later? Uh, There was a leak. There was a leak. The acrylic broke right in that spot there. Oh, no way. Surprise, surprise. Buy better products. There is a time and a place for everything. I know we just did um, a powder room and we put Dense Shield on it just as backup for the tile instead of green board. Yeah, but you're looking at at boards for, you know, tensile strength versus... Not waterproofing. Exactly. A wet area should get waterproofing. And there's, like I said, there's a time and a place for all products. Just because a product is on the market and you want to put it in your shower... That's not the purpose of it. It's on the market for other things. So how long have you guys been doing construction now? Because I know that you came from a different industry. We've had our own business for... Five years. Yeah, five years. And we've been in construction. I think I worked for other contractors for about two and a half years prior to the own business. We didn't go, obviously, full on into um, into what we do now, obviously, like like anybody. But uh, yeah, we... I would say I've been in it for about seven years now. I'm 30, so. Um, oh, I remember being 30. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun, eh? That would have been the 90s. Dang. <laughs> that was when I was. Yeah, born. yeah, we know the that math. That was when I was born. Don't worry, we know the math. It's all good. <laughs> I would also say, actually, going to, back to that point, Mike 
grew up around construction and his mom works in construction, which is fairly rare for somebody of the generation above us as well. What does she do? So growing up, uh, I was I was also, I guess, in a, in a construction household. Uh, my my mother was a uh, construction site supervisor for some some of the big wig uh, construction sites. High rise? Uh, no, residential. Residential. Resi, yeah, she she did quite a bit. Track and track builder. Yeah, and so was her ex husband, uh, and that was like me growing up from what eight to uh, eight to about sixteen. I was I was in that environment basically my learning years. And then on my dad's side of the family, I mean, my grandfather was a plumber. I got an uncle who's an HVAC. He has his own business. My father went to school to be an electrician. I got another uncle who does uh, finished carpentry. Holy we're, cow, man. It's all over the place. Yeah, we're all over the place in that. And, uh, and I went into tile. <laughs> so I, I grew up in that, in that environment. Just to give a little bit of background on, on me, uh, I absolutely hated construction because dinner time was time to talk about what shit went on your construction. Some of they did, really? Oh, yeah. You can imagine two different site supers from two different big companies talking about the crap that went on to their job site every day. It wasn't about anything other than than that. It wasn't even like, oh, what was good on your job site today? That would have drove me nuts, man. And it did, and that's why I didn't go into construction. I, I went into another trade. I went into the culinary arts, and uh, I went full on into that, and I uh, went to school for it. I worked in fine dining. It was probably the best thing that I ever did in my life because I was so into cooking and, and just figuring it out and, and becoming the best that I could that it actually led me to travel to Australia and uh, I worked in Sydney, worked in some fine dining restaurants in, in Australia and uh, worked my butt off so hard that on my only day off that my friends wanted to go home early from the bar that I just looked across the room and I was like, look at that beauty over there. I got to go say hi to her. And that was Jess. <laughs> and uh, I and certainly hope it was. Otherwise, you'd be in deep shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're almost eight years later from that. I mean, life takes us in, in its own ways. I don't regret anything that I've ever done. And I'm so happy that I was driven away from construction for whatever reasons those may be. But uh, makes uh, the return to, that much nicer. Yeah, it made it that much nicer. But the things that I learned as a chef and the drive that I had to be the best and to quickly learn everything, because there's a lot to learn as a chef. Like you talk about trades, you might need to know how to do plumbing or electrical or anything, carpentry, we can go on and on. In cooking, yeah, sure, there's, you just think it may, maybe it's just cooking, but there's styles of cooking. There's, there's different cuisines, like there's French, Japanese, Russian, Mexican. Menu items every night changing. Oh yeah, special of the day. Uh, in fine dining, it's like, it's a machine and you need to be quick. You need to adapt as quick as possible and you need to know everything that you possibly can so that A, you don't get in shit and you don't get a burning hot pan thrown at your face by accident because the the plate was wrong cooked by the, wrongly cooked by the guy right next to you. By accident, huh? Oh no, it was totally <laughs> launched. It was totally launched on him, and it just grazed my nose. But, Holy cow! But um, no, not only just for you don't want to get in shit, but you also like there's this pride that goes on with every single dish that you do, 
and what I learned. Pride in like what all the different levels and how you've prepared it, how you've presented it. The thought goes into it that just everything to do with with a plate of food when and and the passion that's that's behind it and the passion that was that comes from somebody else's ideas and and just the creativity involved everything that i learned from that it's put me into a position in construction where i was i was raised around it and everything and i kind of i was a sponge in that regard seeing from my uncles and my mom and and being on the job sites uh, as a kid take your take your kid to work day i remember i was like eight years old on a on a big massive caterpillar uh, <laughs> excavator breaking all the mol rules Dig, <laughs> digging uh digging foundations yeah not gonna say what job sites <laughs> you have no but, proof you don't know what date it was yeah oh sorry i was just dreaming of that yeah um uh, what really what really defined me as as who i am as as a as a, not only a man but as a as a worker and a business owner was definitely everything that i learned as a chef and it's and it's crazy, and I and I'm not saying that uh, chef, uh, being a chef is uh, is the only thing that you're going to get that from. I think passion from any industry and any job that you're going to get, if you go as much as you you kind of have to go as a chef, it's there. You're you're going to become great at everything that you do. Yeah. And uh, and I'm, I'm so grateful for the everybody that I worked with, everybody that I worked under, and everybody that I taught. It, it's a big part of me that I'll never forget. And. Uh, and I'm so happy for that. I don't know where that came from. but uh, I was actually just thinking as you were saying that, it's kind of how I feel about the way that we tackle projects in renovation, where I was saying earlier that everything's intentional and meaningful. When you put a plate of food on the pass for the server to take to the table, you know that as the chef has prepared every single element of that dish to be intentional and to be meaningful. There is no extra things that shouldn't be there and everything the dish is complete and that's how we and mike especially tackles a renovation with everything intentional and planned and it's like a a dish you know everything has to be in order if one pot one part is burnt or or not right the whole thing is off one microgreen too many (laughs) (laughs) Do clients see it though? Do you, do you do they acknowledge that that extra effort that you guys are putting in? I uh, do you get like defi- do you do you see that twinkle in their eye where they're yeah like, definitely we um, uh, one example that was just so amazing that um, that I didn't I didn't say anything about this but we we've been recently getting um, getting our cabinets made uh, by a custom fabricator like uh, just a guy in his tool shed type thing. Some of those shed. guys are shop. good, man. He does the best. Should we? Work. Can we shout him? Of out? course you can. Totally. Yeah, uh, uh, Livingston Cabinetry. Shout out to Sean. Yeah, yeah Sean. he's the best. Is he on IG? He is on IG he's at a, yeah. Livingston Cabinetry. Nice. He, he is so amazing. But what uh, what made me so happy was when the client came in and saw this vanity that they made. He noted there was so there's two cabinet uh, two two doors on the side two like I guess French doors if you want to call it that, and then in the middle there was three drawers. And he had used the same, because he uses all raw lumber. Like, you go in to see what your cabinet's about to be made out of, and you're like, what the hell is this? You can still see the hair fibers coming off the wood. It's so raw. He used the same piece of lumber for all three drawers, and he lined up all the, the veins of the wood all the way down. And this is something that we expect in the quality of what we do. But for me to not have said anything, and the client to say, like, I... 
I love the vanity. I'm so happy with the quality and everything like this. But I can't tell you how much I, I love that the lines... The grains, each, the, all yeah, the grains in each drawer line up, and I was just like, "You noticed that? Oh my goodness!" <laughs> Which is a great like, feeling. Oh yeah, and I was like, "Damn, he must be noticing everything." Yes. <laughs> I think to, to answer your question, clients do notice it, and I think it's part of what the energy you put off as well, right? Yeah. It's not just the job that you put out, but the passion that people see. You're in their home. You see them fight. They, they also see all the good things that you do. Yeah, you got to see their good and their bad. And then you got to figure out who they are as a couple and how they're going to work in this room, this environment. Then you guys can give them options. Mm-hmm. That's key. Yeah. But you guys tackle other rooms than, than bathrooms, right? You do all kinds of rooms. We have in the past, but we it's ha- something we're, we're finding we're most passionate about doing bathrooms and wet areas. The hardest room, man. So we've, yeah, we've done... Like, yeah, I can say we've done everything. We've done everything from little powder rooms to all the wainscoting in a whole house to finishing basements to putting on additions to building a house and everything inside of it. Uh, Been there involved in every single step of all of the mechanical process. Yeah, we we know what we're doing and we know what's really important and, and and how to build. I think that all of the aspects that you learn from the whole house can be brought into the bathroom. Not to say that the kitchen's not not there as well with that. Like you can bring in your your finished carpentry, your stonework, your tile work, your mechanical in the kitchen and everything. But I think that the the, the separation between the kitchen and, and the, the bathroom is the waterproofing. Yep. And and how important that is. And, and the tile impact as well. The material impact. Yeah, the materials are kitchen just looks like the, the cabinets essentially i guess i was trying to get the kitchen because whenever i try to make suggestions with kitchens to clients i take my cues from favorite restaurants that i may have been in and just paid attention to what they've done in in actually the kitchen area of theirs right i find that kitchens traditional kitchens of today bore the hell out of me that's so interesting they're not functional in my eyes they're pretty they're very, very pretty, and they deserve a, pho- a photograph and, and a page in a publication, but they're not functional-looking kitchens for me. And I figure that since you've been in kitchens for quite some time, you get a sense of what's really functional in a kitchen and how people should use it. Oh, yeah, like when you're at the stove, what needs to be within arm's yes. reach? When you're, I mean, this isn't something in a professional kitchen, but like your dishwasher needs to be close to you, where your plates and your cups go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little thing, little details in the practicality of, of the room, of the space in the kitchen, for sure. There's a, there's a lot of elements because there's so much storage. You guys are too young to even know what the work triangle is, eh? I've heard of the work triangle. Oh. <laughs> what work? I don't know about you the You don't triangle. even know what work triangle is? I might know what the definition so I, is. So, I, okay, I would have been in high school taking drafting classes, like in late 80s, and they were always adamant about the work triangle, which was a useless thing then, and it's a useless thing today. I don't give a shit about it, because it doesn't apply to people's lives today. Yeah. So it's a number. It's like uh, 26, 27, I think it is. I think it's 27. 27 linear feet between your fridge, stove, and sink. And all in a triangle, not on the yeah. same plane. All in a triangle. doesn't Weird. matter where they so are. You have to place those three workstations within 27 feet of each other and that does not make sense in my eyes sounds a little bit cookie cutter it does it's completely it's it's crap it doesn't make sense so you got to look at like you guys do pay attention to the couple and who's cooking and who's in the kitchen and how they do it and 
how you come home and where you put your groceries and where you put your coats, your hots, all that stuff. Definitely. Right. We actually recently did a, a laundry project for um, a client and they're both above normal height. And so when we did their sink, oh, yeah. I mean, typically I would like put kid. my sink at 34, being 5'3". Yeah. When you say above normal height, what are we talking here? They wanted it like 38, 40. How tall are these people? They're very tall. <laughs> they're, I think they're around the 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, both of they're them. They're tall. So for... For them to vocalize that that was something that was important, you know, we were putting in the sink and I just was like, stop, wait a second. My height is not the same as theirs. There are definitely things in every kitchen, bathroom, laundry that need to be adjusted for each person. So, yeah, that was an interesting you think of one. A, I think especially in an application where I, you're looking at a laundry room and you think of a laundry sink, they're much deeper than yeah. most sinks for, you know, for soaking or washing the dog, whatever people do. You got to think of the tall person reaching down to plug the drain. What are they going to do? Get on their it's knees to do that? It's uncomfortable. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, it was so crazy. I felt like I needed a little step stool to wash my hands. It was but like then there's that again. magic question in the laundry because I know a lot of people want to put the large washer right next and then extend the counter right over the sink area. But that places the sink counter at 38, 39 inches high. So they had those. Um, so this particular client opted for the pedestals. They had the pedestals. They so no working space on top of the, the machine. No. no. The, the, there was uppers on top of the machines. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because they didn't want to be bending over to because they were front load washers with the pedestals. They, they ha originally they had them stacked and they were like, yeah, take out that stack kit and, and separate them and put them on pedestals. So they had them a little higher, but then they still have to bend over to get stuff from the pedestal. That's the trade-off. I don't even know what was in. I don't. I think that they didn't even use them. Well, technically, you put your detergents and crap like that in I there. I put right? them in the uppers. There was enough storage, but it's just sort of one of those examples where it's not something that we would particularly do for ourselves. Only when we were kind of listening to the clients talk and the way that they're talking about their kitchen and they're saying that the counters are too low, that they kind of clicked for us to okay that's the same problem in every room and although we're not doing your kitchen we're doing your laundry that still needs to be taken into consideration it does. Yeah. and how do you guys solve the magic dilemma of a five foot two wife and a six foot five husband in a shower where does the head go where does the rain head go i always like putting the rain head as <laughs> high as possible but then the water's colder by the time it gets to her yeah, I like the uh, one on the ceiling. It is the colder, wall. man. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> been turn proven. it up a little bit higher, <laughs> and then scald him whenever he goes in. He deserves it for being tall. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just you like to put it where? I like to have two shower heads. I like to have one on the wall and one on the ceiling. Yeah, that's I guess the solution. Or you put two rain heads if they want. I've been finding that a lot of the younger generation want shower heads with as much volume as possible, versus the older generation wants rain heads. They want the area versus the. Bottom. I like the rainhead personally. Yeah, I, I definitely like the the area. I'm not uh, I'm not there getting pressure washed. I am. Uh, the younger generation <laughs> wants to get pressure washed. You they want get as jets much. Now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really just depends on 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 who is involved here. But I don't necessarily ever consider the height of the the rainhead matters that much. And a lot of the time, we have um, we have like slide bars accessories and everything so i think that they're uh you know they can be modified for the for the user 
there's an option for everyone, right? Like there yeah. is a solution that will work. Let's take it this way. If you have a tall person and a small person in a couple, we're going to look after both of them. You'd almost have to put two different heads to accommodate. Yeah. We're going to look one after them in whichever way. Yeah, you have to. Whichever way makes most sense, whether it be design, budget, functionality, we're going to look after them, whatever they need. Tall people and, and, uh, and short people, that can be something that uh, dating websites can still do. So don't worry. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> Um, okay, I want to get into. I noticed that a lot more clients, and I also see it in your place here too, wall mounted toilets. Oh, yeah. Which are great for space, for cleaning, but they also have a weight restriction. That's true. So, what do we do about that when it comes to big people? They um, really want one, they love one, but I mean, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they max out at 300 pounds. 300, yeah. And I still be nervous at 300 pounds. I think that's very generous. I don't, like when I see two half inch threaded bolts into a carrier on a wall at 300 pounds. I don't know. I mean, when you go into a shopping center, they're all wall mounted. You can get commercial grade that's true. wall mounted toilets. They're all wall mounted. Every shopping center you go to, so you, you can be able get to them. Clean under the toilets easier. Well, of course, because that's where they spaces. need the most cleaning, right? Oh yeah, they yeah. have to be that way. So Regular I guess they're strong. Toilet design is is gross. You I think if be. you're if that's a concern for you, you're going to need to opt for the the. You know, we're building for the people that live in the house right now, not the people that are buying the house yeah. in 10 years from now. But that, tell that to every single client because everybody still is thinking about the for sale sign. Yeah, I know, but I don't think that a buyer is going to come in and be like, oh, I don't want this house because it has floating toilets and I, I'm overweight. No. If, if they're that overweight, I don't even know how much they're going out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is... 150 soaking wet for anybody that's never seen him. I don't even know how. <laughs> send your letters to Mike, okay? That's who you're going to send it to. 300 pounds? I don't know. I'm just saying uh, there's certain. Well, listen, it's our like ladders shack. our ladders are uh, maxed out at 225. 225? Yeah. yeah, but I've seen plenty of 225 plus getting up on those ladders. I know, but the difference between 225 and 300 <laughs> is a lot. Is a little person. I know. It takes a lot to gain. Okay, if we're talking about that, we are going to need to start looking at taller doors because there's tall people that they might hit okay, their head that, on the door Okay, but that's designed frame. for, let's say, basketball players. We spoke if, about this. Yeah, area, so actually. I mean, the first time I ever walked into, at the time, ACC, I was stunned on all the doors. And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. These people are all 6'5 plus. Oh, yeah. So you can't put a 6'8 door in there. Yeah, and you can't put a, an only rated 300... Uh, 300 pounds. Yeah, you got to be conscious of that. Toilet in their house either. So yeah. I think that generally we're building for, the, like, I, I can just say we're building for the person that lives there. You right have now. to. You have and to. And if we're going to start taking into consideration the sale of the house, then we're going to be looking at, you know, then don't put your floating toilet in or upgrade it to a, a commercial. Have you guys had the fun right. mathematical adventure to figure out a freestanding tub and the weight of water and the weight of a person and the weight of the tub? And putting all those numbers together to figure out if the two by eight joist dimensional number underneath are strong enough for that. Have you guys gone down that road before? Uh, generally, that's something that goes on in my head. I don't really do the calculation for that. That's just something that's like, hey, the toilet can't go there because of the direction of the joist or the distance from the stack. I'm never going to be putting a tub, a freestanding tub in the dead center of a room. No. And very rarely is it... Um, 
is the room big enough that if it's not dead center, you're far away from it's like the support for it, whether it's the exterior wall, whether it's the the beam in the middle of the house or whatever it is. But I, I do know what you're talking about 100%. We're about to put a freestanding tub in our uh, in our house. Yeah, so I figured if you guys um, calculated all that math. It's right next to this big beam. So you guys are okay then? <laughs> I'm not too concerned about it. Maybe I should be more concerned about it. I, maybe well, I, I mean, I'm be. amazed that there's a... I think it's an inch and a quarter deflection is, is okay for the uh, structural, which I'm stunned by that personally. That's a lot. Over, I think it's over 18 foot span. You can actually have a dip of an inch and a quarter in the center. Jeez. You better not be using a scratch coat for that. I'm just saying <laughs> that's that's kind of scary to me, right? I wouldn't use it. I don't, I've don't. i never actually used scratch coat in my life, I know. I know I'm just saying. Never. It. I'm just saying. It. I, I've never used it either. But you should actually, maybe I used try it, it. I used it twice and right when I was starting out and my hands never forgave me. And I've done much worse to my hands, but they were just like, this was just stupid. You knew that this was going to happen. You, you cut up the hands from cutting it with the tin snips or you cut it from just from handling, handling it. it and stapling just it handling down? handling it, putting it in the truck, getting it out of the truck. Oh. There's at some point. On a windy day? Yeah. Up, <laughs> uphill both ways. <laughs> You've seen that sail of death just coming yeah. towards your face and all oh, of a sudden, oh, it's going to decapitate uh, me. I know what you're talking about, yeah, man. It's, it's just like something that says, don't touch me. <laughs> But no, yeah, obviously you're, if you're looking at an inch and, did you say an inch and a quarter? An inch inch, and a I think it's an inch and a quarter deflection, yeah. which is totally fine. It passes. That's yeah. crazy. I'm just thinking about the, like the, the tiles in that situation. Well, they're, it's funny is that we don't park ourselves at the top of the ceiling to actually look, but if you were to stand up there, you could see a crest, which is really sad. Like I think the maximum span of a two by eight dimensional lumber is 13 feet. And I've seen plenty of homes actually be right at 13 feet mm-hmm. on, to, on 16th center, which makes me nervous. And then I got clients telling me, do you realize that when we walk across this, the couch moves? Well, it moves because of the deflection. Oh, yeah. So and that's where you try to tell them that maybe doubling it up, sistering it, or, or even going to a higher joist. We're kind of lucky that whoever built this house has put already doubled up right where the tub's about to go. So. Yeah, they're at 12 inch on center. No, well, Plus. You, look, you, I mean, we don't have a ceiling in our house because it's just a choice. <laughs> There's literally uh, like two right close to each other right about where the tub's, the tub's gonna going to go. There's all these these little factors involved. And and uh, I guess there's always stuff to learn 100 percent. And you have to be uh, mindful of that. Like you might be missing something. How do you guys close out a project? What? What does that even mean? To close, close out, out a project? Yeah. When you get the final check and you get they to walk away say, and wave. They don't want to say bye. They want to call you. They want to te- read. They want to keep they want you to have in their home drinks. as much as possible. Yeah. They don't want to say goodbye. Hang your TV. Yeah. They want, yeah. You guys don't do that back step walking out. I got to go. I need to go to another client. Sometimes it's hard. Like when I say we get in our... We, we really get to know our clients. Like we typically become friends with them. And and what's the most important marketing that you can do is, is yeah, word of mouth. For and sure. um, we don't really say goodbye. If you need anything after, you, you know, whether it is hang your TV because you don't want to mess it up or whatever it is. Like we're, we're typically we're there for our clients. I just With had that a, being said, at the end of a project, there's a checklist and you initial next to the item and they initial next to the item. And then when all their initials are there, we agree that it's closed. You pay your final invoice 
and it's yeah. done. See, that's the answer that I was looking for. That's how you close the project. But Mike, I mean, they're always texting. He was doing the PR oh. there, the PR side of it. A hundred percent. Like we, like as a business, I mean, Jess is Jess is the uh, the brains behind our operation. That checklist is very important, and making sure that they're on board with like when these items are done. Like the longer that you're there, the more possibility that they. Because we, we do a lot of live-in. We only basically do live-ins. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's difficult That's to stress. find. stress. Well, I'm telling... Yeah, I know. It's, it's very stressful. Um, but then again, we... It's very difficult to have a, a house that's being operated on that they're not living in and that we're focusing solely on their bathroom. True. If you're doing a, a big project that's... You're looking after the whole house and you need them to get out of there. Yeah, I, I get that. But if it's a house with only one bathroom in it, which are a lot of Toronto homes... They're gonna have to leave. Oh yeah, we've yeah, that's we've got a couple or of give those them coming porta up. Potty. Yeah, but you can't shower in those. I, I mean, you do on a hot day in the summer, but no, you do not. <laughs> you can get the more luxurious totally, ones. Oh, I'm totally. They kidding. have showers in the luxurious ones. I but know. I don't think clients would ever use it. Yeah, we have a couple of those coming up, and when on one of them, we raise that to them like, uh, so this is your only bathroom. Where are you gonna be showering? Oh, oh yeah. And the gyms are closed right now with COVID. And <laughs> and uh, that's our go-to usually. Like, if you don't have a gym membership, now's the time. <laughs> Even if you just go to break a sweat for a second, and then use the showers. Um, just the spring's coming around the corner, so just hook up a hose and put it in the backyard. It's a difficult question. And then um, that one that we're talking about that they didn't really anticipate that that was going to be an issue for them. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I only have my mom here and she's an elderly woman and where is she going to shower now we're not supposed to go see her uh we we haven't let the kids see them see her so we're sure as hell not using her shower um and then you know like i said the gyms aren't open or you're where are you going to shower and so how are you guys handling that we delayed the project until until it's it makes sense until uh the YMCA opens up again until well I mean Toronto just had that ruling on Airbnbs where you can't previously the recommendation was like a lot of clients would go to and live in Airbnbs for sort of four six eight weeks whatever point they needed to but um in Toronto they've recently shut down the condos as Airbnbs unless you're doing a four-week rental or more so this is actually that's a rental yeah, that, it it totally. We're, we're, we try to be in and out in two to three weeks when we're when we're doing a bathroom. Really, but from the time you demo to the time you finish in two to three weeks. Oh yep. yeah, tops. Wow, that's fast. Well, it comes three down to the weeks. products that you use and uh, and what enables you to get that that timing. And uh, we we're not somebody who looks at kicking up the labor and cutting down in the materials. Oh, but I mean, in the in today's climate, though, materials are delayed. Stuff's going on. Like we we don't start the project until we know that we can hit that time frame as well. Like uh, you got to, we have to make sure that you know we're not starting until the roughens are in at least uh, until we know that whatever materials are going to be available that we need, and the crews that we work with, like the whether it's the. The guys that come and pick up the demo demo materials, uh, shout out to Binners, Jordy over at Binners. They're great. They've got a they've got a team that'll actually. Uh, I do the demo. Uh, they take it. They'll literally come in the house. They'll cl- like they'll protect all the floors to wherever they got to go, 
and it's a full they, it's their full service pick up all your garbage and out uh, of the bathroom itself out of the bathroom i didn't even know that wow oh wow yeah. well, yeah big shout out to to jordy over at, at binners um it's their full service and i love it i i can't say anything better i know i hate they, demo that's where you get hurt i think it's not really the demo that that i get hurt or tired or pull something it's the it's the lugging it from the space to the bin or to the that stuff hurts you can demo very not not gingerly but you know consciously no <laughs> you can and especially in a you ever situ- try to smash ceramic tiles and how they just become shards of glass of an untempered piece of glass uh yeah but i like to take all my tile down with the board <sighs> and, and so you're lucky enough that not okay and so, you, so does you, binners they love that too you've never had that situation where you started the demo and all of a sudden you're like oh you took the whole tile took- and the board and everything you got to the bin and you came back and you're like why are there drops of blood and you follow it and all of a sudden there's mm. a little gash in your arm because one shard of ceramic oh, hit no, you yeah no 100 no, <laughs> percent. yes 100%. oh so you've been there okay i've been there many many times no I, I try to as much as i can but um but yeah we um we try to make everything as clean as possible and as you know safe and conscious as possible and i don't at the end of the day, like literally at the end of the day, when I'm tired and, and hurting, it's because I've lifted up that bin that I filled up too much because I, I'm a one trip pony. That's what I always call me. One, one trick pony. One trip one pony. Trip. Yeah. Okay. All you right. I mean? That you one's new. You, you know, when you can bring 10 bags of groceries in at once instead of two trips of, of five. I do the two trips. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm that stupid one trip pony. You know why? Because I've dropped too many things. That's why. So the older I get, the less I carry. So the less I drop. <laughs> I only eat fruits and vegetables. So, <laughs> so I'm fine with. We'll get first. into that, but <laughs> no. But I just okay. So I actually want to ask you guys some of the good products that you guys have used in the bathroom. Like uh, all around. What yeah. do you mean? Like just the- like shower heads and sinks and faucets. Like I noticed uh, here, you guys have wall mounted, which is great. Faucet and toilet black finishes i'm just wondering what kinds of really cool products have you guys come across you're talking about finish not rough yeah okay no no both trust me i like a good rough uh insert like as well rough, man good rough bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> listen good quality rough in is good okay i hate i hate plastic rough ins i think they're crappy i don't I don't, I've we've never even uh, Hans Groy lately has been using a lot of plastic uh, ruffins and I cannot stand it. And even their finishing is all plastic and it's really bothering the hell out of me. Actually, I think some of the lower end Rio Bell products are plastic. They're plastic too? Yeah. I don't, when did they start going plastic from this metal? I don't get it. I'm not sure. I think it's just certain lines that they have. Same as... I don't want to call out companies. Let's talk about good companies. Talk about good companies. I don't care. Why don't you want to call out companies? I can't stand Price Fister. I can't stand uh, no. Moen. I can't stand any of them. So I'll do it. Don't worry. Send your letters <laughs> to you, me. You lo- you, I will not read you them. Like co- you, like, you love Kohler. Right? I love Kohler. I love Total. We yeah. were talking about that Kohler the other day, which is, uh, I mean, they're in Home Depot. and They're, they're in also, Lowe's. Or sorry, Lowe's. Yeah, they're yeah. in Home Depot too. But they also have great products. And well, they started making different lines. So exactly. And, yeah. and that's where I'm getting to bringing them up in regards to like you, if you want to bring up Riobel and, and their lower end fixtures, I think they're just catering to a market. Yeah. And, and sometimes companies will have subsidiaries to cater to markets. And some people just say like, you know, well, let's just keep our brand name on two different markets 
whether it's uh, low end or high end, whether it's Toyota and Lexus, they're, they're the same company. Toyota is the parent company and Lexus is their nicer brand. They might do that or they just might make, you know, good and bad. I mean, uh, like for things like that cooler. I like, I like seeing things that I haven't seen from other companies. You know, everybody kind of has some of the same stuff. So I like, I like Rhea Bell. No, Rubenet. I always get those two mixed up. Rubenet. Oh, yeah. I do like Rubenet. I like their um, finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think their rough-ins are good quality too. And every time we've had an issue that replaced things for us, I know that um, there have been one or two replacements. I scratched the handle by accident, okay? It was an accident. It, it, w- came it was like totally that. an accident. It came like that. It came, as soon as I turned the faucet once, it was like on an angle that for some reason it scratched the black paint off. So oh. maybe it was turned it on too tight to the plate? Possibly. But they did replace it for us. No problems. I like any company that you can make a phone call and they'll replace it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what stay. I like. Yeah. yeah. And so, that's the way it should be. I like that. We actually recently ordered Phil Rich. Phil, Phil Rick. Rick. Yep. For our bathrooms. I love their finishes. The roughins feel a little cheap. Do they? Mm. The, like, so the big problem, I don't have a problem with um, with the material that they're made out of, but their supports. So a lot of things are are needing to be like... Um, Isn't it surprising that they don't think about where to put a screw to hold something? Yeah, they exactly. don't. And then you're like waiting for the instruction going, okay, where do I take the plumber strap and connect this thing to yeah, it? Yeah, I need to put metal strapping on yeah. this thing. I don't know why they don't cast it into and the brass. And I need to like shim it so that it doesn't turn at all. And then I need to screw that shim in so you make sure that's... Scr- and it's like, come on, just put a flat back... So that I can put my bracing at, you know, at plumb and it'll come out plumb out of the wall and I don't have to fiddle around with it. I like that a lot of companies are getting conscious for two by four cavity walls, even mm-hmm. though I would not recommend making any wet walls two by four. I'd rather have them two by six, depending on what the plumber is going to do, because they'll switch cheese the hell out of so that wall. A perfect product that we love uh, for the two by four walls is... Um, is the Chroma toilets. Uh, we, we're using them on our own house. So they have two by four carriers. Yeah. yeah. And, nice. And I mean, Toto works with the... They do two by four. Yeah, Kohler's do two by four. does two by four now as well, too. Yeah, but the, generally I, they've been two by six. Two by six. I would still prefer two by six walls, though. Yeah. A uh, toilet wall is generally the wet wall because normally you have a sink beside the toilet. Yeah. So then you got a vent. You have two. You have a vent line coming out of that. You have two wets coming out of the sink, and you're gonna have the single wet out of well, the toilet. In our bathroom upstairs, where the toilet is, it's a two by six wall, and it's a two by four carrier. I mean, just the the strength gives you the of, freedom to move yeah. the vent, and also the two by six walls a little bit stronger than. I mean, holding that toilet up. I don't know if you're going to be relying on the studs or relying on those two. We're back to the three hundred pound person who doesn't yeah. move. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just use two by six walls. I'll solve that. <laughs> are there any bathtubs? I bought a Bane Ultra. Yes. Bane Ultras are nice. I bought a Bane Ultra for our house. I like them. I mean... Just a tub? No, a jetted tub. No jets? Mi- uh, micro bubbles. Micro bubbles, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like the... You know what, though? I have yet to find one that's quiet because I find that they're noisy. They are And it defeats while. the purpose of the bubbles. Yeah, the calmingness. Yeah. yeah, I know. I think that they they should be calming, not like I'm in a, a turbine. Yeah. yeah, 
That's where you just got to get that meditation down pat and be able to tune that shit out. And make your own bubbles in the tub. Is that what you're trying to say? Like, I don't no, understand. No, tune it out. Meditate and just tune <laughs> It's it hard out. to tune it out when you hit the button and all of a sudden you hear this. And that's what you're calming. I don't understand where you're calming. You're seeing the bath salts just bounce off the top of the water. Like it's just too much. I think it's too much. In a perfect world, it would be dead silent. Kohler so, had a vibrating tub at one time. I think they discontinued did it. Did you though. try it? I've never tried it. I've seen. Wait, no, no. Yes, I did. You bathed in it? Yes, I did. <laughs> I just remembered. Just I was to... I was invited to the Princess Margaret house, and they did this whole week of designers and a contractor. Guess who the contractor was? Was allowed to use the facility for a half hour window. And you use that half And an you're allowed to go into wow. the tub and try it out because it was one of their vibroacoustic tubs. Did you and get the first time slot? No. So then, yeah, I know the nastiness. I get it. I understand, right? So I didn't oh, look whatever. at the people who went in before me and I didn't look at the people who went in after me, right? So it's just I went in, but that was calming. I found that it's very... quiet? It, you're in the water and the water is just kind What kind of, of floor was it on? Was it on, on like concrete no no it was inside of an alcove kind of thing it was tiled around no i mean like the the structure no it was all two by yeah i don't know exactly the structure because i'm just wondering like the i don't know it's a good question i don't know i've never i've never installed one of those so i can assume that you probably want to put the feet on neoprene gaskets or some sort of rubber gasket yeah but it's it's hard mounted to a surface where you got silicone around it so i don't know how that works all i know is that thinking about the vibrating it was quiet yeah it I'd was like to try that. Because I've been in the bubble massage and I've been in the, in the vibroacoustic. One day I'm going to be that contractor to Princess Margaret House <laughs> that gets to try the bathtub. Nah. <laughs> Definitely, though, like... Um, Dreams do say... come true. <laughs> There's some perks in opening up my mouth and just saying shit, right? No, no, no. I get invited to these things where I'm surprised. That's why I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> But it's nice to try this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big path person myself. I'm trying to work out which steam unit's going in. Um, I do love steam. I feel like the steam is better than the freestanding tub. Yeah, right. But I'm a big bather. I don't know. I, the, the problem with bathing is that it doesn't stay hot long enough. It does if you put like scalding hot water. <sighs> And then you have someone bring you boiled water every 10 minutes. Oh, really? What dynasty water. is this? I'm trying to figure this out. What what century are we talking about here? 2021. <laughs> the millennial way. <laughs> the millennial dynasty. Um, it doesn't last. That's no, what I mean. I'm, I'm just kidding. No, that does not happen. But um, steam is supposed to be good. The Bain Ultra actually has a heated backrest. I know, but I've never tried that. Is that heated enough for you to heat the water or is that just like heated floors where your feet are toasty so your mind knows that it's warmer yeah and i find that cold water just becomes cold water it's still just yeah so my back's gonna feel warm it's kind of be like you're in your car and you have a heated back seat and it's warm but it's still cold inside the car i I think that if it's warmer that change of temperature is going to be like You'll notice lot. it, but I think the water is still going to be cold, and you're going to need that slate to come to bring it, hot but water. It, the, the temperature of the tub itself, the temperature change isn't going to be affected as quickly. But I don't think it's anything to, I don't know. When you're talking about bathing, and oh yeah, here's the question: How long are you staying in the bath for your bathing time? <laughs> How long do I stay in the bath, Jeff? <laughs> I do my like meditation. a half hour, <laughs> maybe like two hours. Two hours. I don't bath. There's no way that that water is staying warm, even lukewarm. And I also 10 have, minutes. I, I 
do like a I have my baths in, in stages. I I fill it a quarter and then I, I top it up and then higher and I have a whole process. I work at the beginning and I do my stretches and then I get into meditating and then it's a whole process. It's yeah. a serious So thing. how long is the hot like how big is the hot water tank downstairs? Uh it's only like the two of us. I think it's sixty gallon. Yeah, so, so how do you fill it up and then... I don't fill it up all the way. I fill it up a little bit and mm. then I fill it up and then I, t- I I add a little bit more and then add a little bit more. I keep forgetting 150 pounds. Yeah, right. oh, I yeah. get it. Okay. All I right. bought a 58-inch bathtub. I bought the smallest one. And it's one giant. It's huge. Past. I'm just kidding. No, I need a minimum of 72. <laughs> yeah. I think we should just all agree that the steam shower is the way to go. I still think, that, but but there's lots of rules attached to steam showers, right? Yes. Yeah, How you build the them, they are a pain in the butt, and they got to be fully waterproofed. Like yeah, and, yeah not waterproof. They need to be vapor. It's yeah, it's vapor proof. Yeah, and your ceiling has to be curved on an angle. Yeah, or yeah, sloped. Yeah, yeah, sloped. Yeah, there's a lot, and your glass and everything like that, and then yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. But it's a lot of trouble. Yeah, it is a lot of trouble. <laughs> and I don't even. I'm not even gonna use it. Just go to the gym. <laughs> They're not open right now. <laughs> They're not There's open. There's steamers at the gym. Just kidding. I got the vanity I wanted, though. I Like, as previously mentioned, we usually do custom on the vanity. And usually marble and marble are the tops. Yeah. They're oh, yeah. The best. You can't usually go wrong 100, with them. 100%. They are the best. Have you guys come across any vanities that you could just buy off the shelf? For clients, yeah, yeah, for they'll, clients, they'll 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 buy them. They'll agree to them. Wait, wait. When you say off the shelf, something that's already like produced, what? not custom. I mean, like, not anything from like Home Depot. But no. when you go to a lot of the kitchen and bath supply stores, they'll have like custom, semi-custom items. Like we've had clients buying Wet Style or Vanico, those kind of brands. When you say custom, do you mean like it, they just get made to order because they're not made yet? Is that what you no, mean? No, no, I'm custom? like in a box and you assemble it or something shows up. Like or Ikea. Could be Ikea or it could be a step up from Ikea, Home but or it could be somebody that's making vanities that are not custom specifically for your job. Yeah, that's the time and a place. I yeah. Feel. yeah, yeah, especially in powder rooms. Because I've like done that, that before, where and I've just had to repaint it to, to suit a color scheme or whatever that makes it work better. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Because it's cost, it's more cost effective that way. Yeah, definitely. Any custom vanity is going to cost you four figures easily. Yeah, but doesn't every prefab one cost that? Now? Yeah, what vanity mm. doesn't cost four figures? I, like, okay, I think I think off the shelf vanities are a thousand bucks less. I think anything custom is going to be a thousand bucks more. Yeah, easily depending on the species that you're using or if you're going to be doing paint grade yeah then you got to do the top or you get the off shelf and they'll give you that cheapy top that is the benefit when you buy the off the shelf is that you don't have to do the custom top yeah which is at least like a good chunk of change yeah yeah the top is expensive it's something that we would do if it wasn't like a, a fully three wall space if it was like a freestanding and you had room on the sides, like if it was next to a toilet or something, it doesn't have to be fully custom for that space. I know we did a, a bathroom that had two vanities in it and they were both on a, a really big wall. And so they didn't need to be like built into exactly, you know, 44 and three eighths. I think the wall wide. was like 24 feet. It was a big wall. Okay. So uh, they just had. Oh, no, no, not 24. It was 19. 19 feet. Yeah, it was a big bathroom, yeah. 
It was a big bathroom. So they had two like five foot vanities and then the freestanding tub in the middle. 18 foot. That's that's a garage. You know that, right? It actually it was, over was the garage. The garage yeah. Double two car garage. It was over the garage. Yeah, check out our Insta. I probably saw it. I just didn't really absorb it. That's all. Yeah, it's big, man. It's uh, it's a big bathroom. Yeah, it was a big bathroom. All two by four tile. All laid by me, by myself. It sucked. <laughs> Why don't you hire somebody else to do the tiling? Because I love it. Because what? Because I love it. Really? I love tiling. You love the, the, the aching knees and the aching back and the, the dry nails. and. No, it's all part of my bathing process. <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> so you'll tile for eight hours and then you'll take two hours for a bath. Yeah. And Actually, you... I don't tile for eight hours. I only When you take the bath, you can do eight hours work in five, six hours. Mm-hmm. You're like a new body. You just go. Just, <laughs> just go at it. The bathing is a it's a it's a miracle. I've always had a gripe with guys coming on the job sites and and their lunches and shit like that, man. You you have anything to say about that? Because uh, your generation is Uber shitting the hell out of everything now. They'll just Uber in their mentality. Oh, is, when you say Uber, you don't mean ultra. You mean like the delivery. Yeah, the food. Oh, you don't whatever. like it when people do that. What do you mean they they order food? Yeah, yeah and then yeah, they comes to the job site and then they eat it and then they don't do anything after. Because it's disgusting and terrible for you. <laughs> that's filter. kind of where I was going with it. Yeah, that's what I'm just. I'm I'm stunned that twenty somethings all the way to thirty somethings are just Uber eating everything now because they don't want to leave the job site. They're also the only ones that have the bodies that can like handle that much phosphate for a period of time, and then it gets caught up to you. It's it's difficult to say because this has never happened before. Back in your 20s and 30s, you didn't have that option. So we're You know what's really sad about this whole thing is? You know that horn from the catering truck yeah. for job oh, sites? Yeah. That horn, that truck. sound, the coffee truck, is going to disappear soon. Because, because Uber Eats, because is, Uber? it's going to take it over. I don't. I never really liked that horn, to be honest. I like that horn. I like the idea. I don't like the food. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I don't remember the food being that rough. I like the like the community and the social aspect yes. of it. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and there's a time and place for, for doing that. But I don't think that like that should be, based on when the coffee truck comes around. I, I think feel that like it's also kind of rude to Uber your food to the job site. Why like is it? The only reason or usually the only time that we'll Uber food is if we're buying food for everybody on site. I don't know. It kind of feels like just going to a restaurant by yourself. No, the guys, because I've had trades. I've had days before where HVAC plumbers, myself, laborers are there and one person will Uber. And all of a sudden they'll be nice enough to ask everybody else, anybody want anything? And I'm like, what do you guys? And then they would just find whatever deal is going on at that day in that area. And then you're like, no, I don't do Uber. I'm sorry, man. The difficult. I brought thing, my lunch. I the, made my lunch. This, when you're talking about this, um, this this Uber problem, like the delivery to the job site thing, I think that that's just a much deeper question. Like, I think that nowadays, when you're talking about Gen X and millennials and and Jed Z or Z, I don't think that there. I don't. I don't think that there's necessarily the same amount of stresses on on people. And like societal issues, as there, like there's way more now than there was stress. Societal, I mean, like, like with social media and 
which and the expectations that people have and they put on themselves for people to say like i need to prepare my lunch the night before or i need to learn how to cook this or, is a difficult thing to ask it's not difficult but it's just like there's so many more priorities now oh, but, but but here's the argument though i'm not justifying it no no i know Don't, but here's my argument then all of a sudden i'll get a dm or i'll get a story sent to me at one o'clock in the morning from this individual yeah. So they don't have the time to make their lunch for the next day. But that's I mean, what I, that's ridiculous. That's a perfect example. That's my argument. But they think that that's more important. And I'm not saying that it's their problem. It's not because of them. It's because of the pressures put on onto them and what they've learned. And it's it's a much deeper question of like what's going on in society right now versus like, hey, why didn't you make your lunch the night before? What's but your priority? that being said, you always make your lunch. Yeah, that's uh, what I was about getting. My lunch is very easy to make. I don't, uh, I don't really, I, I'm not the biggest. How lunch. long does it take you to make your lunch? It takes the same amount of time as I, it takes me to make my dinner because I just make an extra couple portions. No, that's how I usually plan it out. So I have my dinner and I make extra. That's my lunch for the next day. Exactly. Yeah, but we, ha- we both have the benefit of, of knowing how to cook. Like I know so many people of my age that just. Like that was an oversight growing up. Like, so how do we get these to kids? Mom to and pop did it for them, and teach then, them how to cook. And then you know delivery services and restaurants. No, but it's kind of ironic though in today's digital age where you can actually find Learn anything. A- yeah, that's right. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's find- not fascinating. What's more fascinating is seeing a dub version of a bunch of monkeys in a fountain talking about Kardashians or something. That's, yeah, that's what I mean. Like societies put these pressures on, and and what um, and what what's important, and and uh, it's really difficult because. What it comes down to is people have to ask the questions of what's important to them and people aren't doing that. Or they're, they're yeah, they're not even answering them. It's also they're not, like they're not, not very glamorous them. to like make your lunch when you could be telling everybody about your perfect life on Instagram at one o'clock in the morning. Mm. It's it it's not about it's not about bringing your lunch. It's not about making it making it the night before. It's about it's the not pressures. About, it's about all the outside pressures of life right now, whether it's whether it's social media, whether it's uh, how 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 interconnected we are now and how we can just call everybody and we need to be friends with everybody because it's so easy. Life is just difficult right now. And I don't think that we are we are ready for for this this lifestyle. And but and this is the lifestyle for a little while now. It's not going to change. It's not going to. And we need to learn and adapt and we need to change our ways and in, in teaching people what's important maybe change how school works and say like, you know, it's important for you to learn how to cook. It's important for you to learn how to manage money. It's, it's important for you to learn how to build. Like we're laughing right now because 10 years down the road, how many people are going to know how to build? They're not. They're not. Hang their TVs, change their light bulbs. Yeah. And what's important and what society's telling people what's important. It's all driven by the machine. It's all driven by the dollar. And there are consumers everybody's a consumer right now and that's the bigger question and i say when you when i say we can any any complication in life like why are you why aren't people being able to make their lunch and why are they delivering it and why aren't they actually thinking about what they're eating and and are they being making healthy conscious choices that are whether whether or not they're affecting their health they're affecting the environment they're infecting affecting you know the the lives of other beings I just don't think that people are asking the questions right now because there's just too much to worry about. But any and all these Uber eat delivery foods are not great foods. 
They, they, yeah, I mean, so they they're, offer, they, it's they short term. Great. It's short term satisfaction when they get to the job site. They'll get that just spurt like, of energy, just like scrolling. Yeah, I'm telling. Yeah, everything's so short term right now. Go, go, go. Yeah, ignore the important questions that you you need to pose in 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 life. And when it comes down to to food on the job site, I know that we started about this. Ask the right questions about what, what's important to you, what's going to get you through the day and what's going to help you for the next day and the next week and the next month and the next I, year. I find it very ironic that anybody that's in construction, especially the younger generation, has no problem spending 300 bucks on a hammer. <laughs> right? I've never done that. Oh, I, there's lots of guys who are oh, proud of it. their Martini's Martini hammer. Martini's their, still, I don't know. Yeah, and they're not exactly. even carpenters? Sorry? And they're not even carpenters. No, because it's all a status thing, so yeah. they need to have that. So they'll spend that money on those tools and those accessories, but then they won't be more conscious of what they're putting in their bodies that basically perform these tasks. It's crazy. And then you're getting more and more younger guys that are reaching out to me saying that, oh, my back is sore. My legs are sore. I'm tired. I'm like, dude, you're in your 20s, man. Like, that's stuff that you should be saying in your 80s, not your 20s. Yeah, I think six, that yeah. people now have this such short-term mentality where everything is like instant gratification and often the things... I mean, on Uber Eats, you can get a salad. Just nobody orders them, you know? Like, there are options. And people are thinking about, like, what's good now or tomorrow, but not what's going to be good for you in 10 years. You know, I wish I ate more salads 10 years ago. I had a, a bit of an epiphany back when I like in my early 20s so not that long ago 10 years ago where it was like it was like a, a daydream or, or or something but I had hurt my back when I was working in a restaurant and it was on my break and it was when I was sitting down and uh, and it was the way that I was sitting down was the same way that I used to sit down when I was in, el in elementary school and I remember my teacher telling me Oh, sorry. I was about to say it in French. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you can say it. I won't understand it. Uh, Michael, you're you're gonna you're really gonna regret that in um, you know in twenty thirty years from now because your back's just gonna be terrible if you keep sitting like that. You sit like that every day, and it bugs the crap out of me, type thing. And I re I remembered her saying that. It like it hit me, and I used to sit with my knees up on my desk, curled up into like a armadillo almost head down or whatever it just hit me and it was like it wasn't about like it wasn't just necessarily about my back it hit me in the, like what am i doing with everything am i am i you know putting the right things in my body am i you know exercising the right ways am i doing things the right ways am i it made me ask questions just in general like for my future i said to her I don't care, you know, my response, uh, I'll translate it again, but I don't care about 20, 30 years from now because I'm living in the right now, right now, and 20, 30 years from now, I don't, like... Uh, I won't care. It's not that I won't care. It's, it's, that's not what I care about right now. Why am I, like, why did I care so much about sitting that way back then? It was more about just, like, protest of... of so that's what they're doing today? No, not, no. No, what I'm saying, what I'm getting to, to all of this is it made me ask questions about what am I doing for myself in the future? Yeah. I didn't, I ignored it back then. I deliberately ignored it. People just have to ask questions about what they're doing. How is it affecting themselves? How is it affecting the people around them? Fuck, people probably get pissed off when delivery companies come out. They wish that they could have this extravagant life 
like what these people are showing on Instagram that they're getting delivery food all the time or something like that. I don't know what other people's priorities are. Think about your future. I don't know. I don't know. This don't is know. this is a question. This I've gotten into something that's all for a whole other podcast. But um, <laughs> to say the because uh, well, you're you're on site and you have your lunch, but then I'm sure that you see the other trades ordering their lunch. It kind of deep down it bugs me that they order their lunch instead of just prepare their lunch. It kind of feels a little lazy. Yeah. yeah. Who am I hiring? Yeah. Yeah. Who's in, who's in my circle? And I think that we've we've gotten to a point that we've almost weeded out those types of people where we're not changing so much. Especially, it's a lot easier for us being in trying to focus. Like like I said, we're, like we said, we're trying to focus on just bathrooms. Yeah. So we got our plumber, we got our electrician. But there's always going to be people that do this and. Like, at the end of the day, do you say something? Like, do you say something? Of course I do. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Some bitchy. Uh, you know who you're talking I to? I mean, like, it was a whole week of HVAC guys ordering Uber Eats every single day. And they would be like, okay, you guys want anything? We're going to get samosas today. And I was like, what? And I'm like, okay. And then I would heat up my food. And they'd be like, what'd you make? And I was like, my spaghetti meatballs, man. Gluten-free. That's all. It's just, it's done. But yeah, I, of course I say something. And yeah. then and then you start hearing about okay so it's cheaper to to do it this way than to actually go and drive and pick up something but right? it it kind of bothers me so I do say something but it's definitely not it's, cheaper. what I'm gonna say is not gonna change them I guarantee you that no I think it bothers you because like like when when you're you're thinking about it you're just thinking about like who who have I hired who am I circling like putting in my life what life am i manifesting with maybe it bothers me because when i was their age maybe i was just too stupid just like you were saying about your legs up on the chair and you didn't care you were only at that moment i think that it, during the course of your whole life especially in your 20s you have older people kind of suggesting maybe consider this or try that but you're not listening because you're young dumb and stupid right it's just you don't want to listen so i'm trying to just give them some knowledge and maybe it sticks to some and sometimes it doesn't stick to others but i'm also just trying to help them but the moment i tell them that i go to sleep at 10 and i wake up at 4 and i'm making my lunches and i bring and this is how i run my business and i have more energy as a result of it they don't hear that they go to bed at 1 they wake up at 8 they go to work, order Uber, or pick up Timmy's, th- all that crap. I right? think that we all hear stuff at certain points of our lives, whether it's somebody who hears something in their teens or something affects them, like, you know, uh, maybe their parent passing away Yeah. Uh, in their early 20s, if like life hit them hard through, I don't know, drugs and alcohol, introducing into that or... That maybe some people get it in their 30s, and then with the kid, 40s. With uh, I can name issues of every every generation. But this generation hasn't been hit with much. Sometimes people just aren't ready to listen. I think, you know. Takes time. It takes time. I, it definitely I, takes time. I know time. people that are. I have met a lot of people that are in their 50s and 60s and 70s, and my grandma <laughs> that. Um, you know, she, like maybe she just doesn't want to hear it. And uh, and some things are important to some people and some things aren't. Your grandmother orders Uber? Uh, I, no, she doesn't order Uber, but <laughs> I'm saying certain things in life uh, she doesn't want to hear. Okay. But I don't, I just think, I think that epiphany moment in your life. It has to happen it, to everybody at it ha- some point. It happens at some point in life, whether it's on your deathbed or 
when you're a five-year-old Buddhist monk. <laughs> um, One day the shoe drops, right? Yeah, and um, and and I I don't want it to heed you from um, from not uh, not speaking out because I don't think that that teacher that helped me with that moment. I don't think that she knows this. I didn't ever go back to her and say like, you know, man, man, you really helped thank out. Thank you. Like, thank you. That you really helped out in like, in how I am interpreting things and choices in my life now. She doesn't know that. She probably thinks that I'm still that bratty kid that, no. that said, screw I'm you. I'm sure she knows. Maybe. But, um, but don't, definitely don't heed what um, your, like your intentions are there and you need to live with yourself and your intentions. And, and maybe the tact needs to be changed and, and maybe you need to feel more comfortable with um, the way that you maybe approach these people. And maybe you're, when you get angry or disappointed or something like that, maybe it's you're shedding a little bit of light on, on, on the way that you may, may approach them and maybe you're not happy with that and maybe you wish that you had more of an impact. But maybe you did have an impact on somebody and they just haven't had the courage to come and tell you. It's true. Maybe just... I'll still like yell at them tomorrow. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, order a salad. It's crazy. first of all, I'm not yelling. I don't raise my voice. It's crazy. You I can just, get into I'm these, sharing my opinion. That's all it is. You get into these deep, deep thoughts with almost everything, and we we can bring this up through talking about people delivering their food to the job site. It brings you to think of who am I hiring? Why were they too lazy? Why did they like my post at 2 a.m. last night, but I what they weren't able to make themselves an extra portion at dinner last night, or order your freaking Uber an extra portion last night, and just bring it so that you don't have to spend time 20 minutes before your break to order your food, so that the food comes on your break. Trust me, I know I, we have these people that it affects uh, that our, our job site and the flow and everything like that, and and I'll tell them, hey, like you know what, just order your food now, and take two minutes to order your food now and just make sure it's here at the start of your break so that you're not trickling your over your break the first time that uber eats upset me was about maybe three years ago where i had a saturday morning early meeting site visit and it was about six of us that were and we all showed up on time and it was like a 7.30 or site meeting, right? Because we wanted to just get it done. With just you guys or the clients? Or, or no, myself, concrete guys were there, client was there, framer was okay. there. So, so I wanted to know about the cl if the client was there because yeah, that's yeah. usually so, an outside factor. That so, so obviously the client was the last person to show up and, um, and we were all waiting on the curbside and all of a sudden we see this Honda Civic, the car choice or whatever for Uber Eats, right? Just rolls up and delivers breakfast to this person a neighbor and i'm just standing there i'm just thinking if i was staying home and it was saturday morning that's like the morning that you'd make that special breakfast at home why are you ordering uber eats like that's when you would make pancakes or you'd make something you know what i'm talking about that, that saturday morning kind of thing mm -hmm. you wouldn't order uber eats and we all just looked at each other and we're all of the same age group and we we're just looking at each other. I don't it's get just that. Weird. It's just weird. It was just it was weird. Just I, was, weird I felt moment. like I was on a different planet. Yeah. I, I just didn't imagine. make any sense. The one day that you would probably be at home and, and sleep in and make your own breakfast, you ordering Uber Eats. Yeah, but then crazy. again, Maybe I don't know who the people something. are. I don't know whatever. All I saw was Uber Eats there, right? So I'm not turning. Oh, yeah. You know what? This oh, podcast so, is brought wait, to you by wait. Uber Eats. I yeah, don't know. You, you, um, you threw me off there. 
This was for another house. This wasn't somebody at the meeting or anything. Oh, no, 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 no. This was a for neighbor. Some reason I, yeah, okay. This is a neighbor. I, for some reason, I thought that somebody on the job no, site. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah. Oh, then, then I would have spoke up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would have freaked out. For some out. reason, I'm thinking I've, I was involving the people. No, okay. no, no. So, no, yeah, no. that's even weirder. That's yeah, weird. Like, yeah. To me, that's weird. Yeah. I find that weird. But I don't know. I've never ordered it. I will never order it. It's just, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know even how we got into that whole tangent. Yeah, we were talking about just food on the job site. and uh, I'm always curious on what guys bring to food. And it's disappointing when I speak to the younger generation and they have nothing in the pot. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, there's nothing to talk about here. I definitely feel like like what you put into your body represents like how you feel about yourself in a way. And it kind of feels like people that don't bring their lunch and just like order whatever is they're craving in that moment. It like does say something about how you treat your body and how you treat i mean maybe it's a stretch but like the people around you and what your attitude is it really does and i mean we don't really have that much of a choice have specific dietary restrictions so most of the time we bring our own food they're not restrictions. i was just about to say they're not restrictions they're not restrictions you guys have consciously made a decision on how you want to eat that's true right and sometimes that does uh, bring up a lot of comments on a job site as well you know People don't understand. For some reason, we live in this crazy world that the choices that I make for my diet, they just don't even understand that how I can do what I do in a day. They're just like, but you don't eat this and you don't eat that. Like, how do you Okay, so let's eat? just let everybody know that you guys are vegans. Yes. Right? Yeah, we just eat fruits and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do not. And nuts. No, and, you do not. All and right? Beyond Burgers. No, you and, do not. I mean, but you guys made a lovely dinner for me, and that was the whole point, right? So it's just like, I get it. And even recently, I was I, I, like, I'm more into gluten free stuff. Yeah. If, if, and I've noticed a difference. And if, it feels like you're doing your body a service when you do the right thing by it. And it's really hot. It actually, I do find it difficult to watch people, like particularly for me, watching people overeat is really that's difficult huge. for me to watch. Like I find it's like, I don't know, I don't get it. Like, what are you doing to yourself? But then again, aren't we allowed to be stupid at 20s and 30s and just do whatever we want to do? Because health-wise, it's not really going to catch up to us until later on in 40s and 50s and 60s, yeah. possibly. But maybe if nobody nagged me when I was like young, I, it would have taken longer. I don't know. And if I didn't have certain issues with certain foods that I eat, I would never have found out that, you know, like what, what made me sick or what made me feel good or my daily thing if i'm not making lunch like i can i survive i i take i take my job like my, my week as a marathon i look at it as a marathon and what do marathon runners eat while they're running like ultra marathon runners they eat dates they eat nuts they eat, uh, they don't eat very like they don't eat big meals pastas yeah but they'll eat it they don't really go into the their marathons or ultra marathons with these big meals no. and and everything no they they just eat what they need to and i'm not saying under eat i'm saying just eat what you need to and like, like be conscious yeah, of how it makes you feel and how you perform after it if you didn't work very hard for that day maybe it was the food that you ate or maybe oh, it's it was 100% the, 
Well, I know that, but I'm saying ask. <laughs> I just want to say it. I'm saying pose the question to yourself. Listen, some of the scariest things to see is when guys show up with a tray of Tim Hortons donuts oh and then God. a carton of four just coffees. T- anything from Tim Hortons. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, and then all of a sudden you give it to all the guys and they're like, oh, yeah, Timmy's run. Timmy's run. It's good. All right, good. And yeah. then they're like beached whales about a half hour later. I'm a bit. Of, I'm on a huge health binge right now, and when when you change anything in your life, the first thing that happens to you is you see what other people are doing. I can lay it out there. Yeah, I'm a vegan. I I don't drink alcohol anymore. Uh, I my went, condolences. Yeah, <laughs> I went. Uh, I've had my fair fair. I was used to be a chef. <laughs> and, can I imagine? Um, I've had my fair share. Go with that. Uh, I don't do any drugs anymore, and that includes ca- caffeine. I'm not uh, not that binge coffee drinker. I'm not at that six six to twelve coffees a day anymore. Uh, I've never been that. Yeah, as a chef, they just throw them in the past. They throw espressos in the past for you, and you you by the time it's in your in your belly, <laughs> you didn't even notice that you had it. Wait, are you saying espressos are bad for you? Um, they are. With uh, you're having like six to twelve a day. Oh, good, thank God. I'm on four or five. I don't, I'm, I'm no uh, nutrition expert, but um, ever since I stopped drinking coffee, uh, I don't, I, I needed it for sure to wake up in the morning, but now uh, I don't need it at all. See, that's and the difference is that crazy. pushing 50, I don't need coffee. I don't need anything to wake up in the morning. Yeah, that's great. I've that's, been disciplined enough to wake up. I just wake up. And that's great. And that worked for you. That's the question that you asked, like what works for you best? Yeah. And, and what you did worked for you. And, and, it, and not only that, it's what goal do you want to achieve as well? Yeah. And you asked what goal first, and then you achieved it with your habits. And why do I want to go vegan? Why do I, why do I want to stop drinking alcohol and, and drugs? And why do I want to stop drinking caffeine? And it goes far back to like, I, used, I stopped um, eating McDonald's because I used to eat it all the time. I used to be, um, I used to be a, a provincial level soccer player. And I would, after a game, I would go to McDonald's and order like, like five of those little tiny burgers and just scoff them down. That would get me my calories back. And one day I just looked at one. And I was like, I'm never eating McDonald's ever again. Drop the burger in the bin and I've never had Done. it ever since. I used to sit in front of the computer and play video games all the time and, and crush two liter bottles of Coke. Coke. Ugh. And then I said one day, I'm never doing this again. And it just goes back to... I started asking myself these questions. Where is this going? What's my goal? My goal is to be healthy. My goal is to impact other beings as least as possible and not hurt others and not, um, you know, just empathize with, um, with others. I think when it comes down to food and, and what we make our choices and everything on the job site especially, it impacts other people. Like you get upset when somebody's not made their lunch or, um, I don't get upset. Let's, let's like, let's get the therapy correct here. <laughs> I don't get upset. I just, I look at, I think it's missed opportunities. I exactly. think that's exactly I, what I, I think because the older you get and you can't tell this to a 20 something year old, you're going to have to be a lot more aware of what you put inside your body. Because what you put inside your body is the way your body's going to react on the job site. And since the construction is such a physical and mental occupation, you need to be conscious of what's inside your body. For sure. If you eat only carrots, you're going to go orange. 
If that's you a fact. I know eat that. Only laziness, you're gonna be lazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. If you eat only dead animals, you're gonna be a dead animal. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna get cut out. Yeah, probably. <laughs> On that note, okay, we gotta wrap it up. Holy cow, we gotta wrap it up. So, guys, thanks so much. I know it's a little late right now. Thank you so much for the meal. Yeah, there was no meat. There was no meat. I know. That's what it was. What did you guys make? Uh, we had bangers and mash. Yeah. And uh, that uh, included Beyond Sausages and uh, beautiful mashed potatoes with dairy-free milk in it. What's for lunch tomorrow? Probably Just some one extra sausage, actually. No, that's what it is. But that's uh, Mike's, though. Probably some dates and some nuts and some... Uh, he bought some peas, actually. He forgot to make them, so that'll be my lunch. Okay. Peas. You're making us sound like crazy vegans. <laughs> You're not just eating okay. peas for lunch tomorrow, okay? Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so for lunch tomorrow, whatever comes our way. I mean, usually we don't do podcasts at night. Usually I do them, but if they're at night, there's usually wine on the table. And yeah, sorry. No, no, it's fine. I, just, I know because you guys don't drink it. What do I live for? No, there's other things. There's other things, man. Okay, guys, Mike and Jessica, thank you so much, man. Thank you. So, guys, everyone, check them out at at Belly, two L's, E-Y, right? (laughs) Renovations uh, on IG and also BellyRenovations.com. And I'm following you, right? Yes, I am. But you guys don't post that often. No, No, we don't. We used to post. We used to overpost. Because you guys are not slave to the machine. Yeah, and then well, I used to be. I used to be so in love with Instagram. I used to scroll what and happened? scroll and what scroll. What happened? Uh, I asked if this was good for me, and it wasn't. <laughs> and Therapy. Yeah, and then hours of therapy later, I'm, I, now I don't post anymore. <laughs> so when was the last time you posted? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. A week or two? Longer than that. I think we post stories every now and then, but... um, Stories come and go. We kind of just uh, showcase some of our our projects, some of them, some, and uh, and we story some other ones. So what's what's the plan with the house here when you guys predicting to be finished? Tomorrow. I'd like to be done. It will not be done tomorrow. By August. August? That's doable from what I see here. Yeah, I got to quit my day job for those goals. (laughs) No, there's plenty of weekends from here until August. Evenings and weekends. We evenings and weekends, exactly. Yeah. That's how the shoemaker gets his stuff done. That's right. it. Okay, guys, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you and so much. Tune in next week for another show. Bye. Bye.